Hello, friends. Welcome back to Faith and UU, a podcast for everyone. I wanted to take a moment to share with you one of the spiritual practices I've been engaging in this February. February, as we know, is Black History Month here in America. And I want to read something to you that a friend sent to me last year. He wrote, I encourage anyone else who feels like getting involved to share what they feel comfortable sharing, to do what they feel comfortable doing, either in the form of comments on your own social media or on this post, even read, especially if you are not black. Your interactions with black culture or lack thereof are important for everyone to hear about. If Black History Month became an annual time to convene on social media and in person to discuss our own honest view of black culture, history, and race relations, that would be a Black History Month I could stand behind. Let's light up our news feeds with honest discussions and real emotions and see what comes of it, shall we? My friend wrote this, and it struck a chord in me, and I felt compelled to answer back. So what follows is my first thoughts and my first spiritual practice about my own Bumping into Blackness, Volume 1. Here we go. Because the way I remember it, my little part of Lubbock, Texas, was full of kids with different skin colors. My school had families who were stationed at Reese Air Force Base who came from all over the country to live in West Texas. And I'm probably over-remembering how many kids of color there were, but I'm fairly sure that I recognized early on that there were not only light-skinned white folks in the world. I knew that we looked different, but I didn't recognize that we might be treated differently by society. And I didn't know that the Lubbock School District's decision to bus kids around to better integrate schools was slammed as the wrong choice by good-hearted parents. I didn't know that a man named Tim Cole had been wrongfully accused and imprisoned a few years before I was born for a violent sexual crime that he did not commit. I didn't know that the stereotype of the inherently dangerous black man preying on innocent white women was one that had been spouted for centuries in this country as a means of justifying slavery, segregation, Jim Crow laws, prison policies, and ghost stories. I didn't know that the kind of systemic racism that can't help but exist in a country that has never come to grips with its dark history of colonialism, racism, and marginalization of the other might one day affect Tim Cole, affect the kids of the Lubbock School District, and affect me. I just knew that I had a crush. A crush on the most beautiful woman in the world. She was from Houston. She was the lead singer in a band. Their album, The Writings on the Wall, was one of my first CDs I ever bought. I had a fifth grade crush on the lead singer of Destiny's Child, Beyonce Knowles. And I didn't know that there might be anything weird about that. I think we in my generation are a little bit luckier than older ones, because even though we lived in predominantly white West Texas, we got to see people of color doing everyday things on TV. I watched The Fresh Prince 
Family Matters, anything on UPN. Growing up, most of my sports heroes were black or brown-skinned. Mark McLemore, Pudge Rodriguez, Will Flemons, Cheryl Swoops, Jason Sasser, Darvin Ham, Tony Batie, Rayford Young, Alicia Thompson, Zebbie Lethridge, Felix Elgato Salvador, Vince Carter, Tiger Woods. On and on and on. These folks were my heroes. I could see them on TV. I could see them in person. And I knew these people had different skin tones than me. But I had no idea they might be treated differently than me because of it. I didn't know that blackness, that otherness, and that whiteness were things. I didn't think anything about wearing my number 22 Emmett Smith jersey and pretending to be him. I didn't think anything about wanting to watch Jaleel White as Urkel after watching Cunningham on Happy Days. I didn't know anything until I professed my love. My love, courageously professed, if memory serves, for Beyonce Knowles in the back of the bus on a sixth grade football trip. And I remember getting confused stares. I thought they just didn't know who Beyonce was. But for them, that wasn't the confusing thing. The confusing thing was that a scrawny white kid thought a black woman was the most beautiful woman in the world. As opposed to a white woman like Cindy Crawford or Rebecca Romaine. In that moment, I finally tapped into all the social cues that were all around me, yet I was unaware. It was weird for my friends. It was weird for my friends to see a white person who saw a black person as more beautiful than another white person. And I don't blame my friends in the back of the bus. None of us was prepared to fight against centuries of ingrained cultural programming. If you grew up in a world where every subconscious and overt message is that there is something different about people with different skin tones, how could you not react that way? If you grew up living and breathing those messages in, how could you expect anything different? So I don't know if it's that moment that put me on the path to where I am today or not. I don't know if that's why I love Common and J. Cole and the Baja Men. Say something about the Baja Men, I dare you. I don't know if that's why I see different things, see them differently from some members of my family or not. Maybe I was just born wired differently. Or maybe we all are. What I do know is that despite my love for Beyonce, side note, a love that still continues today, Bay, you know he's no good for you. I will raise all of those kids if Jay just provides the money. I will do it. Give me a call. Despite my love for Beyonce, I used to think that we didn't need a Black History Month. I used to think it was maybe a little racist that black people had their own month of history and there wasn't a White History Month because I couldn't fight off all the subliminal messaging of our American experiment. But I know better now, so I try to do better now. I know that oppression does not flow uphill, and that when you are used to privilege, equality can feel like oppression. I know that to be white in America 
is to be a participant in racism, try as hard as you might to fend it off, run away, or not think about it. I know that. And I also know it's not my fault. I know it's not your fault. I know it is not a single person's fault. But I also know that we as white folks are all complicit. And the only way to break out of systemic racism that has been ingrained into us over centuries, that lives in our very skin, is to dive into the dark depths of our own soul and to our nation's collective one. A starting point is for us to tell stories of our own bumping into black history, or at least bumping into the history of blackness. My own bumping is what forms the basis of today's lesson, today's podcast. It forms the basis of me today trying to do a little bit better than I did yesterday. And tomorrow I'll try to do a little bit better than I did today. Every day, I'm trying to work through it. To take baby steps. To see where I've come from and see where I'm headed to. And then maybe one day, we can look back and say, yeah, we're better off now, aren't we? Maybe one day. May it be so. Amen. Amen.